0: Episode five of season two of oversharing wearing i had to think about what episode we're on to be honest oh my god great start (laughs) okay hands up if you felt like the last two years have just been about muddling through doom scrolling trying to swallow feelings of panic tension and apprehension yep me too What I want to talk about in this episode is the impact of the pandemic and what it's had on our mental health collectively. But also talk about it from my point of view as someone who was already anxious. Has it made it worse? Has it made it better? What's the long-term impact of living in a pandemic when you're anxious? My anxiety has meant that I've always lived in a state of high alert, When you've suffered from terrible panic attacks where your mind feels so scrambled and you can't catch your breath it's hard not to worry that you're going to go back there because i had such sustained periods of trauma in my childhood and felt so alone i feel i feel like my core sense of self can become so easily unbalanced like i'm kind of not always treading on solid ground I've experienced that so much that I think, in a way, and I don't know. This sounds a bit dramatic, but I feel like it's had an almost irreversible impact on my nervous system. I know that sounds funny, and maybe there's nothing in that, but, but for me, that's just it. Feels like I've been living on my nerves for <laughs> so long. When I when the pandemic first hit. I didn't think that this was going to be quickly resolved and I think a lot of us deep down knew the same. It was sort of like getting onto a roller coaster where there's no brakes and then you just keep going round and round and round and and you know there's no way to get off it. The thing is with anxiety is often you can be in flight or fight mode and here we are in this pandemic, start of the pandemic, and I thought, well, actually, to me, this actually feels quite familiar. That impending sense of doom and terror, and in a kind of weird sort of way, it was kind of familiar. I was like, okay, I've experienced this before, not to this level, but this is real, this is tangible. So I was kind of primed, if that makes sense. I don't know if that sounds funny thing to say, I think for a long time, and I don't know about you, but I I didn't really want to accept what was happening. I, it, I don't know if it was a way of coping, um, but I, I kind of had this resistance to it. And I remember for a long time thinking, this can't be real. How is this happening? And almost feeling strangled by it. I think because I had, I've got kids, I was... Like, right, okay, I've just absolutely gotta pull my shit together, and I had to be calm and not overreact. And I was so worried about their welfare that the last thing I wanted to do was put my stuff onto them. I think the fear, there was a lot of fear-mongering at the beginning, and because it went down so fast, and because of the failings of the government and going into lockdown and not knowing how covid was going to affect us individually meant that we were in a constant low level suspended state of fear and that affects that when you're in that state it affects your cortisol levels so if they go into overdrive that's why you feel a sense of doom because you're you're, you've been triggered and well I felt like that anyway but it was like this terrible feeling of a sense of dread all the time. The thing with anxiety for me has always been like not, not feeling in control. And so if you've got something as an extreme as a pandemic, that's going to be a huge tr- trigger for someone that suffers from anxiety. I spent years living in my comfort zone because the thought of stepping out of it was too traumatic So when the pandemic did make itself known I had to draw on all my strength and to not to overthink too much because I was scared of spiralling and when I've gone through tough patches before for example I used to dread the weekends if I'm honest because I would think well if the doctor's surgery is closed what if I need help what if I can't reach out and there's no one there to help me and I know that's a funny thing to say and I I almost feel embarrassed admitting it. But it was like, it was just part of what, what was going through my mind at the time was if the doctor's shut, then I can't reach out to anybody. And and I, it's been like this now for two years. We can't easily get doctor's appointments anymore. And that, again, is, is something I hadn't thought about for a long time. And then again, it sort of remer- re-merged from, re is that a word Reemerged, and it was like oh that old those some of your old feelings are going to be triggered there's going to be things in your past that you've dealt with or you thought you've dealt with and then they come up, up again and you're like oh right okay and I think that is absolutely normal and it's fair enough to feel like that but at the time it's like I, it took it takes work to get better and when things go wrong or, or you have a reset, it's like, oh, my God, you know, here we go again sort of thing. So I'm trying at the moment um, to work through a lot of stuff in counselling. I'm still having counselling. It's been over a year. And what is coming to light for me are two very, very strong things. One of them is that I've realised that I'm not entirely comfortable with telling the truth. I've always thought to myself, you know, I'm an open book, you know, um, I'm honest, you know, I can talk about my feelings. And yes, those th- that's true. But we're actually saying in the moment, I, I often will not say to anybody that I feel anxious or... If I'm going through something, I don't always find it easy to to kind of verbalise it in and to kind of be, I don't know, to kind of truthful and say, oh yeah, you know, I'm freaking out right now or I'm having these intrusive thoughts. And on a deeper level, what I've been really trying to work through is accepting my past and not overthinking it too much because I don't, I don't, I don't like talking about it and, and I, that's something else that shocked me is that I've had to kind of talk about the most awful things in counselling and try and make progress in the middle of a pandemic and it's only recently that I've been able to attach emotion to some of the things that I've experienced as, as a child and we've all got our own way of dealing with difficult times some will be affect seem unaffected and others will be like wailing like banshees you know neither is bad you know neither is bad and we shouldn't judge people if they seem incredibly self-contained and calm you know as someone like me who isn't like that you you and i see hear people kind of saying well actually you know it, it the the pandemic hasn't been too bad for me or I've managed to keep working and, you know, it's all right. I'm like, okay, right. I'm just going to take that at face value. And I kind of appreciate their take on it. And, and I you can't go too deep with it because everybody has got their own way of dealing with things. And I think it's about processing it in a time that's right for you. My husband is someone that very much deals with something after it's happened and I think that's going to be the case with what we're going through is that it's going to take a long time to process what we're going through and that's the other thing about the pandemic that I want to talk about is it is so divisive there is so much finger pointing just in general on every level about vaccinations the way you live your life your children's behaviour, you know, going out, not social distancing. Um, it's added another level of judgment to society and how we live our lives. There is another deeply ingrained now kind of agitation, and it's you know with the government, the de- its failings with dealing with it, and in the UK. And I don't know what a you know what it's been like in other countries but from what I've seen we're so conflicted that everybody all the information has been so conflicted and that for someone with anxiety is really difficult to deal with and I think that's the thing when you're anxious you're you're kind of dealing with a silent battle you're exhausted actually a lot of the time And not feeling in control and coping with intrusive thoughts and thinking you must be evil. And that's just the mental stuff. You know, feeling faint, feeling dizzy, feeling like you might be sick, feeling like you, you might just drop dead. It's just all of that stuff. And it's like, has the pandemic made my anxiety worse? No. Has it helped? No. What I haven't liked is that I've had days where I haven't wanted to get out of bed. Well, I have thought in very, very dark moments, I don't know if I can live through this. I don't know what this means because COVID affects us all so differently. Because it's ravaged people's lives. I've found that as a sensitive person, really, really hard to deal with, because it hasn't it deals it affects everybody so differently. And again, that's a trigger for people with anxiety, not knowing what, what what's going to happen to you. And if you know, when my two of my children have had COVID, I was like, right, I need to be the best mum I can, keep my shit together, look after them. And, but inside, I was completely panicking and thinking the absolute worst. And, that, and that's, that's what this has done to me, is it's added another layer of worry, another layer of having to process something very, very difficult. And there has been little respite, I think, for what, what we're going through. There's a lot of feelings as well at the moment around not your feelings not being valid, that if you are struggling or you're wanting to talk about things that you're worried about not being seen or heard, because of what's happening, everybody is so bogged down, and that in itself is really, really difficult. The waiting lists for people to be seen because their mental health has been affected is are astronomically long. A lot of people are ha- are slipping through the net because they're unable to either speak up because they feel shame, or they're scared of being judged, or they are worried that they won't be validated by speaking about how they're feeling. And that's a big part of what keeps people in an anxious and frightened and depressed place is because of those feelings. So the options are now really limited. If you don't have the financial resource to go private, again, that causes pressure within the family to find that money. And I think there is going to be a lot of resilience that we've had to learn and a lot of patience we've had to be really patient but i worry for what the future is going to look like because we're not out of this yet and i don't know what the long-term impact is going to be i know for me it has completely changed the way that i shop Interact around people, you know I used to i I've always gone out. I was speaking to my youngest son about this the other day. we were talking about um just having a kind of catch up chat. I try and spend time with all of my children on their own um so that I can get a sense of you know how they're doing, and it's kind of like I don't plan it. it just sort of happens, and it's it's a really nice way to have someone on one time with them. And I was saying to my son, you know, we were laughing about some of the things he did when he was little. And he said, oh, I always remember we used to go into town after school. And I think that, you know, I kind of was like, oh, yeah, that's true going to cafes, doing a bit of shopping because I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be at home with four small children. And I know it sounds crazy because most people would probably like rather be at home and and have some sort of sense of containment. But for me, my way of coping was being out in the same pond as everybody else, like swimming in the same pond and chatting to people in shops, going to cafes. It was sort of like a, I don't know, you know, oh, let's, have a piece of cake together, let's, you know. I just felt encased at home. So, this time of spending so much time at home, not being able to go out, has been, for me, I know that it's definitely affected my mental health. And there are definitely some things where you think, right, well, I can let that go, and well, that was important before, and actually, it really isn't important. And another thing I wanted to talk about is the fear of kind of showing up for other people now that we're going through this. So what I mean by that is, I think what I've noticed is there's a, well, as long as I'm okay, that's all that matters, divide. Or there's I've seen a huge sense of community and people coming together. And ultimately... What we're what we're doing at the moment is we are in survival mode. So things that we naturally would have done, plan holidays, been in a work environment, we are now spending so much more time, still isolated. And last summer, I went to the beach with my family, and I bought some flowers. And this woman started chatting to me and she just said, oh, I just love your flowers. They're beautiful. And I was like, oh, thank you. I got them in this shop, blah, blah, blah. And um, and then I saw her about 20 minutes later, just um, on the beach. And I went over and I said, hey, these flowers are for you. And she was like, eh? I was like, yeah, I just want you to enjoy them. And I, I had read the situation and I'd seen her looking at them. And I'd, I'd only had them for 20 minutes and I just thought this is going to bring somebody, I don't know, hopefully a little bit of joy. And for me, doing things like that where I get to connect with total strangers, even like really fleetingly, I I just, it really, I, I don't know, it's probably ultimately a funny kind of selfish sort of thing to do. But it's like, I just need to do something For somebody that's just a little act of kindness. And she was just like, thank you so much. I was like, totally welcome and walked off. Because obviously if you start standing (laughs) around, that she's going to be like, okay, what does she want? Is she going to try and kill me? So I was like, no, I just want to do something nice for someone. And I try to do this quite a lot. Because I know it sounds really weird, but it definitely helps my mental health and to feel a connection with people and that is what i think a lot of us have lost and you know that is going to make you feel isolated and alone so if we can start to build up tentatively those relationships with strangers just to say you know make sure not strange <laughs> that sounds really crazy with strangers but you know what i mean just be kind and look out for each other because We've all been through something, we're going through something together and it's unprecedented and it's okay to be completely exhausted, you know. And I had days where I just didn't want to get out of bed and, and, and I'm okay to admit that. I've got friends who are, have, it's greatly exacerbated the OCD or it's made situations ten times worse friends that have lost people like this is fucking horrible times so if we can just try and carve back a little bit of what is important to us bring a little bit of kindness and joy to other people and gauge that and that is really really important and that has been I think that's what I'm working out for me as a big part of my identity is not people pleasing or trying to buy people's affection but kind of connecting and I think it's partly because I felt such a disconnect from my parents and was so unseen and that that is such a trauma to deal with and interestingly and I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent because I know that we're meant to be just talking about the, the, the impact of mental he- your mental health and my mental health in this pandemic but I just as a side note. It's as well how we view ourselves. It's very dimly when you're anxious. You d- you don't feel good about yourself. And I sort of plucked up the courage to say to my counsellor, who I've been seeing for a long time. You know, I've never asked her her opinion of of me. What what does what does she see when she sees me? What 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 does she? How is she going to not label what I've been through? But and it was a really intense kind of realisation that I have at no kind of point asked her anything like that because, A, I haven't wanted to know the answer and, B, I didn't know how I was going to process it. But I, I, I thought, well, okay And she was saying about trauma development and also just having been going through a lot as in terms of abuse physical and mental torment. And also the, the relationship with my mum and how emotionally manipulative she can be. And I know that's horrible and I don't like saying it, but there we go. And in a way, linking back to the pandemic, because I haven't been able to see them and I've kind of got a bit of an excuse to have some space from my dad. I rarely see him now. And actually, that has been one of the only good things for me on a personal level, that I I feel in control for the first time. I've I've been the dutiful daughter. I didn't want to be. I don't like to be. And now I get to kind of have a little bit of space. So even if we can pick out one or two good things that have happened, I think that will... Help us to move forward in the future and you know just kind of reclaim a little bit of our sanity back from from what we're we're experiencing, but I just kind of wanted to talk about this because we've all got our own thoughts on this and if 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 you're still listening to this, anybody, thank you so much, I do really appreciate it, and you know i I want to just say if you don't feel okay, reach out to somebody, talk to people. People do want to know, they will listen. No one's going to turn their back on you, that you, what you feel is valid, no matter what that is. And just be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself. Um, this isn't a long one. and next episode is going to be a really, really difficult one, but I am ready to talk about this. So tune in very soon, for that my next episode. Lots of love to you all. Take care.